You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, Purple Daily on draft every Monday right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Our podcast feeds, Thor Nystrom, Tyler Fornis here to break down a NFL draft-centric show every week here on Purple Daily. We've taken the mock draft season. We've morphed it into a 52-week show every week on Purple Daily. So shout out to everyone who has listened, consumed. We appreciate everyone uh, making this show part of their Monday routine as well. Yes, this show will carry on also during the NFL season two. So uh, hit that subscribe button, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Anything you guys want answered even on a future episode, hit us up in the YouTube comments. We'll gladly uh, ask it. I got two draft nerds with me here that can ask all these, uh, answer all these amazing questions that you guys have. So appreciate everyone um, listening to this show again. Purple Daily on draft with Thor Nystrom and Tyler Fornis. All right, boys, let's start here. Our colleague, our friend, our comrade, our sports dad, Judd Zolged was slinging his fastballs at Kirk Cousins at OTAs, or at minicamp, excuse me, last week. He was asking about the future contract. Thomason's gone, so someone's got to ask those, uh, those awkward, hard questions that no one else wants to ask. Insert Judd Zolgad to do so. And he was asked if, uh, hey, as these contract talks with Kirk Cousins had they picked up? Are they going to resume? What's the plan here? And Kirk basically said, I, I plan to not have these conversations again until March. Now, something could happen. Who knows? Maybe they actually ended up extending him. But I want to spin this now into our exact theme. That is Purple Daily on draft. Uh, and I am also, by the way, a huge fan of succession. So we can just tie all this basically yeah. in together here, okay? Uh, Thor, I'll start with you. It has this Now that we know this from Kirk, basically out of his horse, out of the horse's mouth that I plan to play out this contract. We'll renegotiate maybe in March. Maybe he comes back. Is the succession plan, has it started for the Minnesota Vikings? And should they already be starting to look at the next quarterback in 2024 in purple? Yeah, it has. And what's apropos about the show succession is we don't know who the next person is going to be. Like after Logan, right? Like everything's up in the air. We don't know if it's going to be Kendall or if it's going to be the other dippy one, or if it's going to be the daughter <laughs> or if it's going to be the the guy from true blood, or if it's going to be one of the other guys. Um, I, I don't want to give the spoiler alert for people that haven't seen it, but, uh, but yeah, like we, we just don't know yet. Um, you know, I mean, could Kirk come back after that? Could it be a, a draft guy? Um, you know, could it be an outside free agent? Like we just don't know what the Vikings have won themselves. It's the flexibility after that. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's up in the air that that's the, the other side of the coin with this thing. But I, I like the strategy of this, not locking yourself in for the future. That's kind of the thing that's frustrated us um, in the past is you sort of uh, roll it forward, roll it forward in advance. And then you don't have that flexibility heading into the next season. That's what the Vikings have have won themselves by the strategy that they employed this offseason. Um, so you, you head into the, the you know, this season with that. And then next off season, ostensibly, now you have some options with the quarterback position, and we'll see how it goes. All right, Forno. Uh, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll give you another analogy here to a degree. I, know I don't think Kirk Cousins is on this guy's level, and I know you <laughs> would adamantly disagree. I feel like, you know, Roman Reigns, 
Uh, we'll give you a wrestling pun here. <laughs> Roman Reigns has been the universal champ forever. And look, again, Roman, Kirk, okay, split some hairs here. But regardless, he's been the, he's been the universal champion for almost 1,000 days now at this point. But the succession plan it's over has a thousand. Start. Is it over 1,000 now? Okay. Yep. Um, the succession plan has started. We thought maybe it was going to be Cody Rhodes a few months ago. But uh, not yet. We're going to finish that story, pun intended, again uh, later on. Uh, has the succession plan at quarterback started? And, and are the Vikings looking to draft that guy by next March to, for, to find their replacement at quarterback? Let's start here. WWE was fed two natural baby faces that <laughs> the fans got over with right away. Like they, they were all in on Sami Zayn. They were all in on Cody Rhodes. WWE said, hey, we'll just screw them over like we do all your favorites because we don't care about you. Well, the difference with here is the Vikings haven't had a top baby face to challenge the heel. And Kirk Cousins isn't necessarily heel, but in this analogy, he's Roman Reigns. So let's work with it. Who's been there to challenge him? Nobody. They've been afraid to bring in anybody quality to either compete with him, develop behind him. Mond, it was more Rick Spielman just kind of going semi-rogue and being like, yeah, we'll just take a guy because we need to take a guy. Like, the idea of Mond was great. The player Mond was not. And I think that's that's kind of been the theme here. The idea of, oh, we should have a guy, but then you don't execute it. And is Jaron Hall that guy? I have more faith that he could be a potential guy under this regime and this staff than I ever did about Kellen Mond under Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. One, because I think Jaron Hall is a better prospect than Kellen Mond. Two, I have faith that these guys actually put in the work the time and have that faith that he could potentially be something someday versus what the whole Kellen Mond experiment was. I, I really find it interesting how they've kind of gone about everything because you have Kirk, he's going to be playing on his fourth lame duck season where he does not have a contract after that current year. He did so three times with Washington. Two of those were on the franchise tag. So they liked him enough to keep him around, but not enough to really give him that big boy contract. And when you kind of look at everything, the Vikings are trying to get pieces in place to provide support for a younger quarterback. You have bookend tackles. You have two first-round wide receivers. One of them has an outside chance of being the greatest of all time if he keeps up this frenetic pace. And those are necessary components for a young quarterback to be successful. I was huge on let's go get a guy now. We talked about a lot on this show in its early stages about trading up for Anthony Richardson, trading up for CJ Stroud, trading up for Bryce Young, even though that was a certain impossibility versus the other two. When you look at all those encompassing pieces, if a quarterback comes in here with all that talent around him, he's going to have a lot bigger chance to be successful off the bat and really maximize that rookie contract versus say like how the, Jaguars drafted Trevor Lawrence they drafted him into a dumpster fire organization and now he's finally being able to really take that step because they're getting pieces around him and they've got capable players Justin Fields in year three he's going to be in the same spot dumpster fire that he walked into and now can he really make that jump and the Vikings are going to have a position when they get that guy they can just start running because of all the premium positions on offense that they already have filled with really good football players and potential or current all pros. And I think that's the key. Okay. So what do you guys say when 
you hear that, hey, could they move on from Kirk Cousins? And then, you know, national pundits or even defenders of Kirk will say, well, you're entering QB unknown. You know, you can't you can't enter that murky territory of if if you want to move on from Kirk, what's your next step here? I guess, you know, uh, um, Thor, if if you're a QB needy team, right, like say you're going to the draft quarterbacks, number one with a bullet, you know, on the top of your needs, doesn't it like take that away? I kind of feel like that's just a little bit of a cop out. Like, it, it's not just to say that, hey, yeah, we're going to enter uncertainty and we might downgrade from Kirk Cousins production-wise. But I guess when you hear that, oh, what, what will the Vikings do if they enter QB uncertainty? What kind of pops in your head? I would rather enter the unknown than known mediocrity. I would I, I, In the NFL, you don't want to be in that quagmire between 8 and 9 and, and 10 and 7 every year. Yeah. I, like, I, I would rather be on one of the polarities. I am perfectly happy to be in, in the, the, you know, searching for the quarterback thing as opposed to in that quagmire. So great. Let, let's do it. Um, let's play Russian roulette with the quarterback situation. I'm, I'm perfectly happy doing that. As far as the quarterback situation itself, what, what this is going to come down to is how do the Vikings finish this year? Right. And if, if, if Kirk lights it up this year, and he proves to the Vikings that he's worth another couple years. Great, give him the money, right? I mean, like he's this is a prove a year for him. Kirk is perfectly happy with the prove a years. He's comfortable with that, as you mentioned. This is he's done this before. This is not his first rodeo. He has talked to the media about he's comfortable with this. Great, let's do it again, right? And then if 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 you know, and then he can go elsewhere, and the Vikings are going to get draft pick comp for him if he leaves, right? So that's great for the Vikings as well. If if it goes that way. And then, you know, if, if the Vikings, you know, if he doesn't play, uh, you know, as well, whatever, and he leaves, um, and, and that thing happens, and, and the Vikings' record is not quite as good, then the Vikings are going to be picking high enough in the draft where hopefully you get access to one of these better prospects. If it's, if it's you know, if the record's not very good, then it's going to be Caleb Williams or Drake May. I'm perfectly happy sacrificing a season to get up that high um the wilfs disagree with me on this a sect of the fan base disagrees with me on this sacrificing one of the seasons um you know that that's just a taste preference type of a thing um if you're in the middle of the first round that's where it starts to get kind of wonky with the quarterbacks in this class right like because then you're gonna have to take a chance potentially on a guy like quinn ewers or or whatever um so so that's what you're looking at like in terms of this draft um, but yeah, like the, the top of the draft is we're going to have to get to, to get one of those top two guys. And then we're just going to have to see during the season, does one of these other guys jump up? But yeah, as far as the situation goes itself, I'm perfectly comfortable in the situation that the Vikings have set up for themselves as far as the Kirk Cousins situation goes. Forno, I know you, you know, you write about a lot of college football quarterbacks that are going in the draft and whatnot. I guess when, when you hear that QB uncertainty territory, I guess, what is your first retort to that when, when people say you can't enter QB uncertainty and especially how it pertains with the Vikings? Well, I think Thor painted a really nice picture. You don't want to be in purgatory. What happens if the Chiefs, after a 13-3 and season, hmm. stick with Alex Smith uh, instead of going and trying to shoot the moon for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Like, they had the perfect situation because outside of like the elite offensive minds in the NFL, there was so much doubt and uncertainty that Mahomes would ever be able to translate air raid offense. He's got to learn like NFL footwork for like basic, like play action concepts, playing under center. Like there, there was a long learning curve, but when you watch him play football, the traits and the positive elements just jumped off the screen and the smart people in the league knew what to do with him. They knew how to elevate him to that next level and make him 
arguably the greatest football player that we may have ever seen in our lifetimes by the time his career is done. But you have to be able to willing to take that chance from a really good team and try to make them a Super Bowl winner. And you can't do that without trying. You can't do that by standing pat. You can't do that by looking at your quarterback and being like, hey, this guy's good, but he's he's just good. And if you want in the most important position in football, because this isn't the 80s anymore, right. you can't win a Super Bowl with an average quarterback unless you have the elite of the elite defense, the 2002 Bucks, the 2000 Ravens, the 1985 Chicago Bears. Those defenses could carry anybody to a Super Bowl because they were the best units we've ever seen. But if you don't have that, you have to figure out a way to improve the quarterback position and get one of those guys. Or you have to have everything perfect around him, quarterback on a rookie contract, et cetera, et cetera. Take a look at the past Super Bowl winners. They're like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Like You're looking at the best types of quarterbacks around. You're not looking at an average or slightly above average quarterback, which is that range that Kirk Cousins sits in. We should Figure do- out a guy that you can believe in and jump for him. We Four sh- mentions guys like Quinn Ewers. There's talent. We you should do a, a weekly pie chart of almost um, percent chance that Kirk Cousins is back in 2024 and percent chance they draft a quarterback in the first round. I'll, yeah. gi- I'll, give, you, I'll give you just a, a brief pie here as you guys maybe uh, uh, sit on your ingredients in, in the oven as it preheats very quickly here. Maybe it's an air fryer. Those things preheat really damn quick. So it's, it's an air fried pie, if you will. Uh, I will say probably, I will go with this. I will say 80% chance that they draft a quarterback in the first round, 20% chance that Kirk Cousins is back. That's where I sit with this pie. I feel like we can mold and craft this pie so many different ways. And and honestly, the the fine-tuning and the combing and the cutting of this pie will take place uh, more accurately as the season plays out. But it's June 19th. We're like 10 months out from the draft, I guess. Uh, Thor, if you were cooking up that Thor Nystrom pie in the air fryer, where, where do those slices go for you? Right now, I'll go, um, I'll go, I'll go 55 draft the quarterback first round 45. Okay. Uh, yeah. Extend Kirk. Okay. All right. I mean, it, it's probably the safer option. And to be honest, if Kirk balls out, right. Um, wouldn't be shocked at all if he comes back here. I know that he could technically go on the open market and bid, but. I would be pretty surprised. And, and you should probably happens. put like ten percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna put ten percent to sign an outside free agent and take take yeah. five from each. Okay, you know yep. what I mean. Yep. Yeah, take That's five out of each, mind. make it happen. Okay, uh, Forno, yeah. how about you? If you were cooking up that pie, where, 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 how are you divvying it up in terms of Kirk being back next season in 2024 and also drafting a quarterback? To me, this screams Venn diagram because yep. <laughs> there's crossover. You could literally have both happen. So I'm I'm gonna put. Uh, 80% chance that the Vikings end up drafting a quarterback, 20% chance that Kirk ends up coming back with a combined 10% chance that both happen. Because I, I think that they really don't want to take a step back. And if you really can't have that shot at Mayor Williams and you have to like, let's quote unquote settle for a guy like Quinn Ewers and Hey, you want to redshirt him. Then you sign Kirk to a one-year deal and you bring him back, or that outside guy, as Thor mentioned, and you give him the opportunity to sit back and learn and figure out how to play the position at an NFL level before you rush him onto the field. 
So we threw out an idea on Purple Daily, I believe, on Saturday's episode. It might have been Feedback Friday, actually. And uh, in natural Vikings Twitter fashion, uh, it got aggregated all over the place, and people called us clowns, which is nothing new or offensive to us because we're very much used to it. But we threw out the idea of if you were to get the number one pick in next year's draft, would you consider moving Justin Jefferson? Now, everyone said, so how could you even toss this out without really giving a side of are you, which, which, which side are you on? Are you going to answer this question? Or are you saying it's just absolutely ludicrous to even suggest doing so? I guess I'm going to put you guys on the spot. You can join our clown car parade, if you will, getting out uh, one by one by one. I guess if that philosophy or if that offer came to you, Thor, and you had an opportunity to get into the number one spot or wherever it is, maybe top three even, would you consider using Justin Jefferson as trade bait, or would you rather go a different route? Wait, so it's – to would you would you use Justin Jefferson to get the first pick? It's not you have the first pick? Yeah, yeah, you would use Justin Jefferson to get the first pick. You, you'd be used as that as, okay. as something, as a sweetener, uh, to get up to the number one overall pick. Would you trade oh, Justin Jefferson to go immediately up to number one in next year's draft? For for one second, I was getting excited of this idea of Caleb Williams spending his career with Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, I, I got really excited for a second. Oh, that that gets really hard because, of course, you want Caleb Williams in Minneapolis for the next decade. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, man, I because uh, it it broke my heart when they they got rid of Randy Moss. That that never should have happened either. Yeah, I, and I don't want to sacrifice JJ, but um. Oh boy, would it be fun to have Caleb Williams here for a decade? That that's a tough one. That is a really tough one. Um, you're, you, it, it's not clowns to ask that question. It's not clowns to ask that question. That's take that um, Twitter. Yeah, um, that th- this is this is a Sophie's choice because Caleb Williams is is one of the best quarterback prospects to come out. You know, over the last decade, mm-hmm. so I mean, you have to at least ask it, but. JJ, I mean, he, I mean, he's one of the, I mean, arguably is the best non-quarterback in the NFL, right? And he's, he just turned 24, right? Like, I mean, he's one of the most dominant uh, players in, in the game. Oh, gosh. But go to Forno first. I need, I, I, need, I need to process my thoughts here. Okay, yeah, all right, Forno. I need to process if, this if, one. If you were able to process that in time, as as Thor is now uh, trying to do the same thing, would you use yeah. Justin Jefferson as a sweetener or as the main piece, I guess, because it will take more than JJ just to go up to number one. But would you use that piece to get up to number one overall in next year's draft? I got to say, Odie is barking in the background right now, and he's, he's calmed got down. Yeah, He's got thoughts, and it, he says it's ludicrous. And quite frankly, I agree. Now, <laughs> now awesome. you can hear him right now. Odie is absolutely livid at the idea of trading Justin That's Jefferson. Great. And I I love the idea of being able to move up to get a guy like Caleb Williams. But I'm not sacrificing arguably the most important player outside of the quarterback position to go get him, especially as you mentioned, Declan. You didn't say a one-for-one. One. You said sweetener. Mm-hmm. To me, that makes it absolutely an abomination, and you can't do it. You're, you're talking about trading a guy who's the best wide receiver in the game or at the very worst, second or third, depending on how you view Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams in comparison to Jefferson. You can't do that. You can't sacrifice that type of piece plus extra capital. Like if the Vikings end up with, like say, pick 25. 25 and Jefferson for one? Like I'd fire Quasey on the spot. You can't make that move. Yeah, it would you can take. Have an, you can have a good quarterback. 
and Jefferson elevates them. Jefferson changes your offense. He changes how you scheme. He changes how defenses attack you. And in a different but exactly similar way, he is this team's Randy Moss. Because if you take Jefferson out, oh, guess what? It's the Lions game. You can just have everybody else try to beat you. And the Vikings have better horses this year to do that than they did last year. So it's a lot harder to just focus on Jefferson because of the talent around you. Like, you you can't do it. And, uh, like, to me, it's a non-starter. If you want Jefferson, like, it's got to be, like, multiple first-round picks. Like, I'm talking Herschel Walker trade. Yeah, I I I, I think I agree with that. And, and the... The first, so I agree with Forno in terms of it would take more than the first pick, I think, for Jefferson. Right. I, I do agree with that. Um, like it, 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 as opposed to vice versa. And, and, and I think, I think I do lean that way as well. I, I, I don't know if I could trade Jefferson right now. I, like it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's also, if I had a path to Caleb Williams, it's also hard to wrap my head around turning that down, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I could trade Jefferson either. He, he's just too singular of a talent. Like the, the, he's just such a magnetic force on the field. Like you think of last year, the last 17 games of how two defenders or three, every single play just sucked over to that side of the field. And if Jordan Addison this year can just beat single coverage, how, how like crazy that's going to get, you know, like, I mean, it, it, yeah, anyway, I, I don't think I can get rid of Jefferson. So, anyway. I love it. I love At least I love the dissension here. I love how uh, polarizing this topic is because clearly there is some people that are like, oh, yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. And then there's some people who are like, no, I couldn't even consider doing so. Um, it is a very interesting way to, to look at it. Uh, of course, maybe the Vikings just, maybe Kirk gets injured, Darisaw gets hurt, Jefferson only plays like five games. They just get the number one overall pick next year. We don't oh, got to worry be- about trading everything. Yeah. Uh, as 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 bad as it would be in the short term, it would be a huge obviously gain uh, in the long term. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready to eat meals, always fresh, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try. Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save, and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 and use code Purple Daily 50 to get 50% off. That's code Purple Daily 50 at factormeals.com slash Purple Daily 50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. All right. So Judd, with his field glasses at, uh, at, at TCO last week, noticed that obviously Alexander Madison is going to be starting running back. We all knew that. Can he handle the workload? We'll see. But actually, it was Kay Nwangwu getting most of the reps behind him as RB2 which was shocking to, I think, a lot of us because we were trying to figure out, is this guy just a kick returner? Now the league's trying to like abolish kickoffs, so he's even going to make the roster. And now, all of a sudden, and I get training camp still about a month away, a lot can play out in training camp, and we'll get a, a final verdict then. But I find it incredibly intriguing that Wangu has now kind of throttled himself up to RB2 ahead of not just Ty Chandler, but Dwayne McBride, too. I guess, uh, Forno, if, if Wangu makes... 
the roster as the start or the, as the second running back. Does that mean Dwayne McBride is probably not going to make the fifty three? I guess. What do you kind of make of the fact that Wang Wu is the backup running back uh, to Alexander Madison right now? They kept four last year plus CJ Ham. I don't see why they wouldn't be willing to do it again, especially considering how high of a grade they had on Dwayne McBride when they talked about him in their uh, presser. They said they had a starting grade on McBride, and that's why they took him in round seven. It didn't. They didn't make it sound like they were prioritizing running back. They just prioritized a guy that they had much, much higher on their board, and they just couldn't pass up the value. And there's a lot of merit in that because the draft, you take good football players and you fix holes in free agency. So I, I'm more than happy with that decision, and I could totally see them just keeping four guys like they did last year. But Wong who is running back two right now. One, I'm shocked, and we talked about him a lot on this space. We haven't seen anything, Thor and myself, that has shown that he can be an NFL running back because he's his limited slaps have been a huge mixed bag. Even in like the screen game where you think he'd be a dynamite weapon, hasn't shown any real proficiency to do that. And when you pair everything together, he just hasn't looked like an NFL running back. Plus, it's minicamp. Does that mean he's really number two on the depth chart? Or does that mean he's just being given number two reps right now because he's he's been in the league for the most amount of time compared to Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride, and they want to give him run to see if they can potentially give him that running back two spot. Maybe this is the beginning of that competition, and they just want more evidence so they can make a better decision specifically with Wong Wu. And we know they love Ty Chandler. We know they like Dwayne McBride because they had a starter grade on him. I'm not reading into a lot, and I know Judd will differ, and I'll have him on the Real Forno show tonight to talk about in our first ever Vikings Wire roundtable. But I'm not reading anything into it until he shows me he can be a running back. He hasn't done so yet, and just having him get mini cam snaps isn't going to change that for me. I need more. All right, uh, uh, Thor, I know you're a big Dwayne McBride guy. Uh, and, and you were, you were loved this draft pick, but Wong Wu kind of coming out of left field here as the second running back on the unofficial depth chart of the Vikings. I guess, what do you make of that move? Yeah, I, I hate to disagree with my boy Judd. And I know that Judd likes to get in there in, in June, and sometimes he, he takes some of these observations and they, they turn out to have some, some lasting stuff. You know, he's picked out some guys that we didn't think were going to make the roster and they end up making the roster, stuff like that. I, I think this one's a little bit uh, premature as far as like the, being the RB2. I don't think this one's going to have legs. Uh, Wang Wu, you, you go back to his time at Iowa State, he didn't show much. And I, I know he was caught behind NFL guys there. But like Forno's talking about, you're thinking about his utility. It's like, where is it? We, you talk about the receiving thing. The kid had seven receptions over four years at Iowa State. Like, it, it, you're trying to think about how do we get this kid on the field? Yeah, he's behind uh, an NFL kid, but can you get him on the field, uh, you know, for receiving downs? Can you get him on the field for pass blocking? No, he's terrible at pass blocking. He can't catch the ball. Now Now in the NFL level, he's caught six balls over two years. So he's caught 13 balls over the last six years of, of football Again, he's an awful pass blocker, and he's never shown an intuitive ability as a runner. He does have good hands as far as, uh, you know, like receiving the the kicks. I will give him that. He doesn't fumble the ball. Uh, He's showing that as well. The the one skill he's showing is is that he can field the kicks, and and he can do that. 
as far as 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 running and and receiving as a runner, he has not shown a, a a skill for that beyond other runners on the roster. Chai Chandler outperformed him throughout his collegiate career. Dwayne McBride outperformed him throughout his collegiate career. Alexander Madison outperformed him throughout his collegiate career. And not only that, I could give you a laundry list of street free agent running backs right now. Literally a laundry list. I could give you 20 names that that I think would be better than uh, Kenny Wangu next year. So, no, I, I don't think that he will be RB2 next year. In fact, I don't think he's going to be RB3 next year for, for the Vikings. Um, you know, he's he's running there right now, but we're in June. Uh, I, once we get to August, I, I don't think he'll be there, certainly not by September. So I guess what, what the thought process here, right? It, right Wangu is an electric kick returner. I mean, the, the touchdown against the Patriots last year was basically a, a game clincher for the, for the Vikings. He has a, a special knack there. I guess, you know, the thing that maybe Vikings fans have PTSD about is, you know, Cordero Patterson, right? Like CP was... He came on a little bit as a wide receiver with Bradford uh, at the end, but really was just more this weapon. And now he's being used as just put the ball in his hands in space, wherever it is, and let him go. I guess, Forno, is that maybe what they kind of want to do here with Wang Wu? I mean, I don't know if that's the best bet. And I know Patterson's probably more of a freak athlete and just a lot bigger and, and faster than, than Wang Wu is. But is that probably the thought process to get Wang Wu just get the ball in his hands and let the guy cook, I guess? What do you kind of make of that? Well, if that was the thought process, why didn't they do it earlier? You can manufacture touches. You can figure out how to get a guy the football. Here's the problem. If that's all you can do is catch a screen pass, the defense is going to figure that out, and they're going to figure it out fast. And they're going to counter it really quickly. And you have to be able to do more than just one thing, especially a running back. You have to be good in multiple phases of the game. Otherwise, if you can't pass block, and they know by tendencies, that you are never out there to pass block, that you're only out there for for X, Y, and not Z, they're going to know something's up. They're going to know you're either getting the football or you're going to be like some kind of decoy. Like that. That's where being a well-rounded player comes so far into play. And why, even though I'm very low on Madison, why he's so high in the Vikings' eyes, he can do everything. When you put him on the field... There's questions of what is this guy going to do? There is no real tendency that says Madison's only on the field for the X. He's only on the field for Y. He can't be on the field because he can't catch the ball. He's not good at running out of shotgun. He can do a little bit of everything. And that utility means so much when you're talking about scheming against an NFL defense. With Wang Wu, if he can only do one thing, it's borderline useless because they're going to be able to key in on it. And that's why I don't think he's gotten a lot of run. The Cordell Patterson thing, I think you can completely blame on North Turner. <laughs> and it's very frustrating because if you would have had any form of creativity with that offensive mind and not just trying to pigeonhole him into one thing, which is why Laquan Treadwell was drafted, they wanted him to be like Michael Irvin. If you had a creative offensive mind like Kevin O'Connell is, he's going to find ways to use players. Patterson would have turned out a lot differently. And with Wangu, I haven't seen anything close to the potential of what Cordero Patterson was with the ball in his hands. And we can pinpoint it to one game. Go back and watch 2013 Baltimore Ravens, where there were 35 points scored in the last three minutes. That is why Patterson's a much different situation than Wong Wu. So I, I'm looking at, uh, at Wong Wu, his time at Iowa State. They only allowed him uh, 30, over his four years, only allowed him 35 times. They allowed him uh, pass pro reps over the four seasons. He allowed five pressures in those 35 pass pro reps. 
this kid can't pass block at all. You can't let him back there. He's going to get your quarterback flattened. So he can't do that. He can't run routes. Like, it's like, what are you, what are you doing with him then? He doesn't have instincts yet to run. Right. Like, I, I mean, it's just like, what do you, what do you got there? You know, I mean, that's, that I think that's where Forno and I are sort of like, eh. Like we've seen it with Chandler. Yeah. You know, at, at over two schools, two P five schools. We we seen it at Tennessee. He came out as a Ballyhood recruit. We seen it at UNC, right? Like we seen it with McBride over several years at UAB. We we seen it with Madison at the NFL now for a couple of years, and we seen it at Boise State at for several years. But it's like with with Wangwood. You've seen it, the kick returning a little bit, right? But, like, as a as a runner, you ain't never seen it in any phase whatsoever, not in college, not in the NFL. Interesting, fellas. Uh, let's go down this path here. So I saw 2024 NFL draft sleepers, under-the-radar prospects here uh, from Matt Miller of ESPN. And I want to actually start with this one here. So I, uh, obviously, this guy's local, and you made the list. Tyler Newbin, safety for the University yeah. of Minnesota. Here we can even, you know, get a little rouser going if you want. Um, if that's your jam, roll the boat, Sky Mago Gophers. I don't have a football team. My athletic director cut football at St. Cloud State. It's a whole topic in its own right that I will spare uh, everyone listening to right now. Uh, but he lists Tyler Newbin and says he surprised the football world when he ter- returned to Minnesota following a stellar 2022 season. But even a well-known Big Ten, Big Ten player, he has a chance to shoot up draft boards should he continue the level of play uh, the past two years. So Tyler Newbin, uh, obviously the Vikings have Lewisine, which I want to get into with you guys on a future episode of Purple Daily on Draft. We probably won't get to it today. But what do you make of Tyler Newbin? You guys are both here in Minnesota. You've seen a good amount of gopher football. I guess, uh, Thor, what, what do you make of Tyler Newbin potentially being maybe even a first-round pick in 2024? Uh, it, it's a kid with great size and a kid with a well-rounded game. I, I'm looking at his PFF stats from last year. Uh, made a huge jump in both tackling and run defense and was already really good in coverage. Last year's PFF run grade, it jumps from 67 flat to 83.4. His tackling jumps from 50.2 to 76.5. His coverage is already good, 72.7. Uh, stays pretty static, uh, 72.6. But you look at the um, his NFL quarterback rating against on targets the year before twenty one point five last year was forty one point three so like I mean really really good he had th- uh, three interceptions the year before last year he had four uh, took a uh, he only allowed one touchdown in coverage uh, each of the last two years uh, really really good stuff uh, like I said a, a really well rounded safety this is a kid who the NFL was greatly interested in who considered going into the draft this past season, surprised people by not. There was agents that were surprised. There was NFL front offices that were surprised. If you were to rank out like the top 20 guys that the NFL was surprised that did not jump into the last draft, Newbin would have been on that list. So like, um, you know, and people are going to be interested to see, you know, can his game jump up even a little bit more? But like, th- this is a kid who is going to be one of the best safeties in America you know, coming back in. So, I mean, PJ Fleck, ecstatic that kid went back to school. Yeah, he has a chance to be All-American, too, it says here, too. So he could be a very good player. Obviously, um, Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, had a very good career there at Minnesota as well. Uh, had a nice Has had a nice start with the Bucks. Uh Forno, does Tyler Newbin do anything for you as a first-round talent next year in the draft? 
I don't know if I necessarily see him as a first-round talent now, but here's the thing. Another really good season can change a lot, plus a really good testing process. And I think that Joe Rossi defense is going to put him in position to continue to make plays. And that that's how you get noticed as a safety. You make plays and you don't get burned. You do those two things and you're going to be able to put yourself on a lot of radars. Because a lot of what safety is, is you have to have a certain amount of athleticism, but you also have to have really good eyes, really good intelligence, and have an understanding of what's happening in front of you so you can do and essentially be an eraser because you don't want anything to get past you and you want to be able to attack. And I think Thor laid it out pretty nicely of how his size really impacts his game and how he can do a lot of things. And honestly, I I was shocked he didn't come out, but that's a huge recruiting win for PJ Flack because recruiting isn't just about getting high school players. is isn't just about getting transfers. It's about getting guys to stay. And those of us who are really experienced at, at NCAA football understand how important <laughs> that is. I, I knew that would pop you, man, because it's true. <laughs> you want to be, you have to recruit the guys you already have to stay in the building, whether it be preventive from entering the transfer portal now or entering the NFL draft and bringing Newbin back to a defense that lost a decent amount of talent. Yeah. Mariano, sorry, Marin, Terrell, um, Terrell Smith. There is some really yeah. good talent on that back seven that ended up leaving. Having Newbin come back and really step up into a leadership role is going to be huge for this Gophers team. And you guys know how important now it is for the the safeties to be able to move around and the versatility around the alignment. Mm-hmm. Newbin, um, over his career with the Gophers, 508 snaps played in the box, 949 snaps played in, in center field at free safety, 166 snaps played out of the slot. This is a kid that they can move around. You can do different things with them. You can deploy them out of the slot. You know, when, when you have a big target down there, you, you want to take care of them. You move Tyler down there. You can play him out of center field. You can trust him there. Uh, he can crash down the catch point, different stuff like that. He's certainly going to run the alley, uh, defend the run, stuff like that. He's been good against the run his entire career. And he can also be that extra linebacker, uh, you know, when you want to pl- deploy him as such against the run when you, you, you know, you want to do that and stuff like that. So very versatile uh, sort of, you know, uh, piece like that uh, in, in your defense. All right. One more name here on Purple Daily on draft. I don't think we've talked about this quarterback yet. Have we talked Devin Leary yet? Have we talked any of him before on and even reference or in passing at all? I don't, I don't think, think we, we have, have right? All right, so he's a transfer out of NC State. He's on Matt Miller's list here. He's 6'1", 215 pounds. Uh, he showed potential in 2021 for 35 touchdowns, five picks. He's now being tra- he's transferring to Kentucky. couple notes here. Uh, he had a QBR of 7.8 outside the pocket. Again, that's a 0-100 to 100 scale, correct? QBR is. So uh, 7.8. That is awful. We'll have to improve that. But scouts, some scouts said that this scheme could be even better than he had at NC State. And don't be surprised if Leary actually has a better year than Will Levis did last year, who put up big numbers uh, and obviously then end up slipping a little bit in the draft. I guess what do you guys make, uh, uh, Thor, I'll start with you, on Devin Leary, quarterback transfer out of Kentucky. Well, he was great the, the two years before, uh, 2020 and 2021 at NC State. And then last year, you know, he, he was injured, but before the injury even, uh, he didn't play as well. He he sort of had the regression with NC State. But I sort of tossed that out. I think he's going to bounce back. I, 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 I've I been talking with a buddy about this, our, our mutual friend, Tyler, uh, the, the Hoos. We, we sort of have a, a scandalous Ooh. 
we we sort of have a scandalous take that Kentucky their their backfield is going to be improved this year over what it was last year. I and and I don't think people realize it because you know Will Levis is gone and uh, Chris Rodriguez is gone. Obviously, two guys that ended up getting drafted, but they signed Devin Leary and they signed uh, Raymond Davis, a kid who's bounced around a little bit, started at Temple and then he was at Vanderbilt. Raymond Davis is a super duper talented kid. He struggled with injuries a little bit, but I think Raymond Davis is gonna mm-hmm. is gonna get drafted when he's on the field. That kid is super explosive and, and NFL talent for sure. Uh, Devin Leary is an NFL talent as well. He's a little bit on the smaller side, but he has an NFL arm. It's not a howitzer. It's certainly not um at, you know like a, a Will Levis for instance type caliber arm but he makes better decisions than Will Levis does. He doesn't play YOLO ball like, like Will Levis does. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be able to, to more consistently move the offense because the issue with Levis was, you know, like, you know, again, he, he would, he would make those YOLO type decisions. He not only would turn the ball over, but he would also just kill drives by just making the, the stupid decisions, the incompletions that should have been completions or different stuff like that. Uh, uh, with Leary, he is going to keep you on schedule right? Like he's going to, you know, take the profit every single time, whatever. He's going to move the chains for you and whatnot. I, I don't think you're going to see the thing that happened last year with him. I, I think you're going to go back, as, you know, especially the year before when he threw for almost the 3,500 yards decks, you mentioned the 35 to uh, 35 to five uh, TDI and T ratio, whatever. He also looking at the PFF stats, 31 to nine big time throw to turnover worthy play ratio is incredible. And that's the thing mm-hmm. that, that turns over year over year more sustainably than the TD to INT ratio. Um, so anyway, like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Devin Leary and I think there's a really good chance that Kentucky just actually upgraded their, their quarterback position with that trade. Well, how about you, buddy? Man, I'm man, Devin Leary. I think Thor laid, laid out the kind of compelling case. Nice. He was good with a, uh, an average ish, NC State offense over over the course of the 2020-2021, and he really helped elevate that group. But the second, like, those receivers left after 2021, he kind of took a step back. And then he tore his right pectoral, and he's a right-handed quarterback. So I am very concerned about uh, how that's going to impact him moving forward. Obviously, it's not a shoulder, but when you talk about your throwing motion, that pectoral does a lot for you on the front side of that actual joint. How is that going to impact him? And how is he going to be able to improve that 7.8 QBR outside the pocket? I have real concerns about Leary and taking that step back, even though, like, he lost the receivers. But when you're a third-year starter, you should be able to overcome some of that and be able to continuously show some growth and not really take that step back, especially in an ACC that was pretty weak outside of, like, Clemson. Like, and Florida State had an okay year, but they beat Florida State if I remember correctly. So you're looking at so many variables that just don't add up for me. He is going to a great situation with a system that's going to fit him really well. And if he plays well in that system, I'm excited to kind of see what that looks like and how he could project forward into the NFL. But I'm not super high on Devin Leary right now. He's outside my top 10 quarterbacks. And to me, like, uh, of of the guys on this list, like the only quarterback you should talk to is the guy who's throwing to Malachi Corley. And he's on the list and he's the wide receiver, Western Kentucky. You got to talk about Austin Reed. I think Reed's a better prospect right now than Devin Leary because there's no injury concerns. 
I love it. All right, Purple Daily on draft every Monday right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Again, drop us a comment if you want us to talk about anything. I think next week, fellas, let's talk some Lewis scene. Uh, we didn't get into it today, but man, not looking good at a mini camp and OTAs so far. And there's a lot of meat on that bone. So let's let's talk some Lewis scene. Anything else uh, you, the audience, wants us to discuss, hit us up in the YouTube comment section. You can tweet at us at, as well. Uh, Purple Daily on draft every Monday here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be back next week.